welcome to Coached Soul, a podcast for a better you. Here's your host, Steve Hudgens. And today with me on the show is Keith Brown, a former Marine veteran and minister. Keith, thank you for being on the program today. Hey, Steve, glad to be here with you today. And I'm excited about what you're doing and uh, about some of the things that we've been doing together. And so, yeah, let's do this. I hope we can encourage and bless one another and, and those that are listening. Let's kind of start off with a little bit of basics. What motivated you to get into the Marine Corps? So, uh, a little jousting with my dad. And uh, so I, I was a young man and um, I guess uh, I, I learned to put my spurs on. And so dad and I were spurring and uh, or sparring and uh, got in a little debate. And I remember standing on the, the stoop uh, the side, the, to the side door of the house. And he was uh, on one side of the door and I was on the other. And I don't remember what we were arguing about, but I do remember challenging him. I was like, well, yeah, well, watch this. I'll go join the military. And he said, oh, you wouldn't even make it through the Air Force. And so that made me really upset. And I said, oh, well, fine, I'm going to go join the Marine Corps. And I w- walked out the door, got in, my, got in my truck and went to the recruiting office and signed up for the Marine Corps, came back home. And he goes, where'd you go? And I said, well, we were talking about the be joining the military. And um, I just signed up with the Marines. And he's like, well, I can't believe you just did that. And so, yeah, I was like, well, Dad, I, I really can't let you get one over on me. So I did it. Well, you kind of sound like you're from the Missouri state saying, I'm going to show you. <laughs> well, I'm from Ohio. But yes, I and I and I did show him. And um, and sometimes I wonder if I, I might might have lived to regret it. But actually, I think it was a big blessing. You know, I'm curious, Keith, what what happened in the Marine Corps for you? What what time frame did you go in? Um, so I went in right after Christmas. I think it was December 27, 1981. And I needed to accept a great challenge to test my manhood. And the Marine Corps proved true <laughs> to the challenge. What, what hardships did you endure while you were in the Marine Corps? Um, I did not serve in combat, but I did see loss of life still actually a a fair amount and um actually just recently within the last couple years been even learning how to talk about it i I had some chemical exposure that has caused some neurological damage and physical damage and then i also had ptsd i've dodged rotor blades when a helicopter crashed on the ground and parts of it were flying past me and i was trying not to get hit and I actually went and a rotor blade went and cut through an automobile and there was a sergeant and I pulled him out and uh, there were Marines crawling out of the helicopter and uh, another another incident was um, had a helicopter go down um, that I was involved in and I was on board but I remember talking to the pilot I didn't think the aircraft was flight ready and we had five Marines on board. It went down. Four of the Marines died. I remember, I remember telling him, you know, I told the, the pilot, you know, go, go buy some groceries and bring them back for us. But uh, 
don't do any combat maneuvers. And they were actually going out to practice combat maneuvers. And I, I told him one maneuver that would probably surely be the end of them. And he actually did it. And they drove the CH-53 Echo into the, into the desert sand and killed four of, of the five Marines on board. And I've lived my life feeling somehow guilty for that. Yeah, Keith, that was I, I that was that was rough. It, 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 evidently, I mean, I remember you telling me a little bit about the story about where you um, said, "Hey, don't take this helicopter," and you went to the commander, and they still refused to stop the mission. So yeah, they you know for one reason or another they 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 continued with the mission, and I I remember I I went. I lived on another base. I, I lived out. I, I was I was working at a Tustin Marine Base in California, and I was living at El Toro, and uh, it's about six mile, five or six miles between the two bases. Um, we were we were uh, rotary helicopter base uh, at Tustin, and uh, fixed wing uh, or Black Sheep Squadron. You heard of them? They they were over at the other base at El Toro, and I lived not far off the flight line. I, you know, I, I struggled sleeping knowing that, you know, our, our Marines were in danger. I went back to work the, the next morning and walked in. I, I walked in late because I just knew that it wasn't going to be good. And, you know, and by the way, you don't show up late for work in the Marine Corps, but I did. And uh, I walked in and there were about 200 Marines in there one of the staff sergeants said you know top wants to see you and i was like well i'm either <laughs> i'm either getting written up for being ua or my fellow marines died what is what is ua keith just to uh, explain uh, to our audience it's like a wall unauthorized absence so i i didn't know which one it was going to be but it would be one or the other and marines you know marines aren't we don't mess around too much we're fairly serious people um, I, I walked into the top's office and the lieutenant was in there, the top was in there, and they both looked at me and said, hey, we're, we hate to tell you, we're sorry to tell you, but, you know, we, we lost, we lost four of our Marines yesterday that you tried to give us a heads up. You know, oh. it took a lot of courage for you to walk in there and hear that, Keith. And I remember our conversations where, where you told me that you said, I'm a Marine. I can't process this right now. I have a mission to do and I'm moving forward. Yeah, right there in the office. Um, I, I mean, I, I still had a job to do to you know ensure that we had aircraft integrity and that we were ready, you know, combat ready, mission ready at all times. I, I snapped my heels together in about face and uh, I, I remember flipping the switch. I just flipped the switch off and I, I went back to back to my desk and inspected the records of the rest of the aircraft and ensured the integrity of our aircraft. But Keith, that uh, for, for civilians, that makes you a hero. I know sometimes you may not feel like you're a hero, but you took the risk. You went above and beyond 
and and try uh, to save these men's lives and you suppress this for 20 yeah. something years yeah it's been actually um that year that that particular that particular instance there were other ones but that that particular I'm trying to hold back the tears now um I, I know that's tough, Keith. And, and it was uh, um that was nineteen eighty six. Yeah. It was spring nineteen eighty six. And um I think no, I'm I'm not a hero. Um you know, um they they're the heroes. Um they they knew you know, they knew that they were risking their lives. Just like every every Marine knows that there's a chance that they're risking their lives to secure the the borders and the welfare of our nation. I'm proud to be a, a Marine. I'm proud to be a veteran. Um, I'm proud of what America has stood for. And I, I, I'm not a hero because I did my job. That's what I was supposed to do. And I, I would, I guess, if anybody wants to take anything away from it, I would hope that people that are asking themselves, you know, do I have the courage to do my job? I, I hope that maybe in some small way that I help people answer that question in the affirmative. You know, Keith, as a veteran myself, uh, I did not face combat, but we have a connection here that you and I met in college. You left the Marine Corps, went to college. What were you doing there at college? What were you studying? <laughs> That's a really interesting story too. Um, I remember I'd really, while I was in the Marine Corps, we, we had lost, there, there were a lot of lives that were lost around us. And um, I became you know, I think fortunate for me was I became aware that, you know, God was somehow present and making a way uh, for me and for our family, um, for my fellow Marines. And I, I wanted to learn more about God and how that he works in our lives and who he is. I, I knew that there was something more there for me. But Keith, I mean, that's, um, you lost life. And sometimes we internalize and say, okay, how can there be a God to allow this? And, and oh, here you are yeah. searching. So, you know, I've, how many times have I gone down that road? Not only, not only then, uh, when we were, lost some Marines, you know, my brothers, even after going through college and after even being a minister, I, I remember, I remember more than once, like church would be over on Sunday morning and, you know, it's, it's 12, 15 and everybody's left the building and gone somewhere to eat. And I'm, I'm raising my hands. I mean, I walked down out of the pulpit and I walk down in the middle of the pews and I raise my hands to heaven and I go, what is it that you want? <laughs> or do you even hear, or are you, do you care? Uh, 
and um, I, I've been on my knees, you know, in the assembly hall there and, uh, you know, with my head in the pew, facing the pew, you know, the back of the pew and my head in the pew and my head bowed and just saying, God, am, am I am I doing what you want me to do? Am I worth, am I even worthy of being here? Am, am I even qualified to be here? What do you have me doing? How are we supposed to, how are we supposed to do this? How am I supposed to do this? How am I at times, how am I going to take care of my family? I feel so stressed. I feel so stretched, worn out. Sometimes I felt rejected. Sometimes by the very people that I was trying to help. Sometimes I felt rejected, wondering, wondering if God was rejecting me. But through the years, I think I've learned. And and by the way, that that still happens. I I still, you know, even today. Where are you, God? Sometimes, and and yet at the same time, I'm sixty-two years old. I've seen God come through a thousand times and you would think after some guy is a preacher has seen God come through a thousand times, you would think that you'd get over asking that question, you know, God, where are you? God, do you love me? God, can you save me? And he's answered yes a thousand times. And there you are <laughs> still asking the same question. Keith, I, I, when you think about what we've been through, what you've been through, the horrific strategies uh, that you endured, you seek out God and you do ministry work. Years later, we meet again and you're struggling. I just asked some therapeutic questions. And I'm just amazed what your neurologist found after I asked you some questions. And they said, Keith, what have you been suppressing for 20-something years in your mind? And you have this PTSD. You file a claim with the VA, chemical exposure, PTSD. All these have been documented. But the VA only gives you 10% when they should be giving you a disability all because they say they don't have your medical records. Here you are getting punched again. Yeah, it's been a battle. Um, what's interesting is uh, <laughs> I think sometimes you just have to laugh. Um, it's not, you know, sometimes you, you know, it's a time to cry, but you've cried so much. You just have to laugh and laughter is, the best medicine um for sure and you know, actually i think you know god laughs as well sometimes um when men try to circumvent god's authority or god's will god laughs at and so sometimes god or sometimes men try to circumvent god's authority and usually there's going to be people involved in that somebody's not going to get something that they deserve um, somebody's going to be, get a broken heart. Someone's going to feel like that God, God, God doesn't care, but later on he does. Um, you, you realize that he does, he's cared the whole time. How, how deep does this pain go for you? I mean, you, you said this phrase multiple times to me. Um, 
so yeah so here's here's the deal is one one of my things is i think the church needs to be real and frank and open and honest about who jesus is and who we are and jesus is the savior but i think sometimes we want to present ourselves especially church leadership and i've even been coached by fellow church leaders you can't show your brokenness you know i am so incredibly broken i i am broken every which way i think that you can be broken and now i've struggled struggled emotionally with the ptsd another day maybe we could talk about you know my my wife has struggled bipolar. I mean, you can see that's that's lots of fun. There's some excitement. So PTSD and bipolar and they get married. Yes, that can be exciting. There's a good show not too far off in the, in the future. And then to top that off, you know, you're a pastor. And so, you know, there's been times I've been at several churches and I would, I just can't look at you and lie to you. You know, and I can't look at the church and tell a lie. You know, like weighs on me. There's a scripture in James 5 and 16. It says, therefore, confess your sins one to another that you might be healed. And, you know, my thought is we have a lot of forgiven people in the church. But they're still not healed. And God forgives us, but there's a lot of healing that needs to take place in it's we don't think of it, but it's scriptural. And we are so afraid to confess our sins to each other. And and I understand why, because when I was the minister and I got in the pulpit and I was preaching my lesson and I was thinking in my heart, I know these people. There's a hundred people out here, there's a hundred and fifty people out here, or there's fifty people out here, and so many of them are hurting. And they don't want to say how they're broken. They want to confess their doubt, their fear, their anxiety. And so they sit there and they come again next week and next Sunday, and then they go home and they come again next Sunday. And they're waiting for this incredible promise, this revelation of a glorious God in their lives that just one day they hope is going to bring a, an immense amount of peace. And the truth is we're, as I studied the word, I knew that we had to come to the point where we had to confess. And I thought they're not confessing. And I thought I'm still broken. I still hurt. I still struggle with my loss of my Marines. I, I struggle with my PTSD because I lost my patience, excuse me, with my wife. You know, um, Keith, I, I, I want to challenge something here. Yeah, brother. You know, as a, as a faith-based therapist, when we say sin, we, we get a negative connotation. We misunderstand the word. We need to confess our humanity. But people think sharing this is a sign of weakness. But it's not. It's a sign of courage. And what you're sharing right now with the world takes courage. And in the three minutes that we have left give some pointers that can give some hope and then we'll wrap it up and we're going to do a part two of following up with you you know steve i think 
all of us, many of us have lived years and years and years with pain and suffering. I mean, I've had broken legs and, you know, um, I, I've, I have blisters, I have chemical exposure, I have neurological damage. The, it's the broken heart that surpasses all of that uh, and supersedes all of that. And we go for years and years and years without being vulnerable to each other. And, and one day you just have to wake up in the morning and say, you know, we got to do something different because this isn't working. And as a minister, I know that it says confess your sins one to another that you might be healed. And somebody has to have the courage to say, today, I'm going to call a brother up. I'm going to call a, a friend up. And I'm going to say, I'm afraid. I have doubts. I have fears. I have self-judgment and self-condemnation. Um, I sinned by losing patience with my wife. And say, I struggle in these things. And to allow a brother to speak life back into me, maybe for the first time in my life. And to find that in confessing my sin, and the word sin means missing the mark. We always make it this big, dark, black thing um, that's full of evil. It's not necessarily that. It means you miss the mark that God has for you, and we keep missing the mark. And someday we have to go out onto the range, and we have to hit the bullseye. And we hit the bullseye when I have the courage to call you up, Steve, and say, Steve, I'm missing the mark. I didn't treat my wife right. And I need you to pray with me and hold me accountable and still love me when we're done praying, not judge me, not condemn me and help me become free of this huge burden that I've been carrying. And I would pray that all of us have the courage and that the rest of us, like you and I who have been practicing this now, can receive people and bless people and encourage people that it is okay to confess our weakness. It is okay to confess our sin. It is okay to confess our humanity. And indeed, it's more than okay. It's what's healthy. It's where we find the blessing. It's the place that we finally can have some healing and peace in our lives. Keith, you're absolutely right. Because when we hold this stuff in, therapeutically, research has shown Crohn's disease comes from anxiety mm -hmm. that we hold on to because we're not talking about it. We're not uh, sharing who we are with other people because we're afraid of what other people are going to say. And when people come into my office, I just tell them, look, I'm not a judge. I'm not wearing a black robe. I'm here to help you and here to help you heal. So I appreciate you being on the show today. And having this courage, because in my eyes, you're my hero. Well, it's an honor to be with you today, Steve. And uh, thanks for the invite. And I do hope we get to do some more work together. Oh, for sure. We're, we're going to continue your story and how the VA has just forgotten you. And talk about your struggles about... How do you make your marriage still work? I mean, you guys been married for how long? Um, let's see, this year's 39 years. Thank you to all my listeners. This has been Coach Soul. Thank you for joining us at Coach Soul. We hope to see you next week. So be kind and be safe.